Hi, it's Jesse, the founder of Max Fun, coming to you from the microphone at my home office where I am socially segregating. So we promised you a Max Fun drive this week, but things haven't exactly gone how we expected. So given the pandemic, we're going to postpone this year's drive. Uh, events are still fluid, so we're hesitant to give you specifics about new dates. Right now, we have late April penciled into our calendars. We'll keep you posted about that. As it stands, a lot of our drive machinery was already cranked up. So for one thing, you might hear a reference or two to the drive in our shows, which might have been recorded before we made this decision. And uh, here is some good news. There's a bunch of great bonus content available for all of our MaxFund members. If you're a member and you miss the email with instructions on how to listen, check your spam folder or log in at MaximumFun.org manage. Also at MaximumFun.org manage, you can change your membership if your circumstances have changed. We know this is a tough time for a lot of people and we understand. You can also go to MaximumFun.org join at any time if you'd like to become a member. During the next couple of weeks, what would have been the drive, we're going to do our best to be extra available to you. Uh, we've got some streaming events planned, some social media stuff. We know a lot of folks are isolated right now, and we want to help provide comfort in the best ways that we know how. You can follow us on social media, and we'll let you know what's up. During this tough time, I have been feeling really grateful for my community of colleagues here at Max Fun, and for you, the folks who make our work possible, goofy as that work may sometimes be. Stay safe out there. We're thinking of you. Hello, and welcome to Ono, Ross, and Carrie. The show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal. No, no, no. We take part ourselves. Yes. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Puppy. And I am Ross Pletcher. We're back at the Conscious Life Expo again. This is the new way we talk. Our episodes are already too long. They'd be even longer. <laughs> it's funny. I always say that's the one thing no one complains about is that our episodes are too long. Yeah, but then some, someone wrote the other day and said, like, I would love it if you would just talk about the facts. Well, I send that person off with love, light, <laughs> happiness, and karma. For tis the greatest notion mm -hmm. of a final sun that the waves of transparency be lit in the cement of a true dove. I feel like that needs to be followed with a book of Carrie. <laughs> V one six eighty two totally yeah. dot xii. I feel like if we just didn't stop Carrie, she could generate a whole book like that. A one to which it is known that four never <laughs> with true happiness under the blanket of good bird. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to stop. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna get that whole book. Well, for those of you who are here for the, the long haul, we're back at the Conscious Life Expo. We've had three previous episodes. We've been meeting all kinds of interesting people and going to all kinds of interesting talks. Mm -hmm. Very excited to tell you about one of my talks, which I think was the highlight for me of the whole conference. All right, nice. This is still Saturday, our first day at the Conscious Life Expo, and it was 2 o'clock, and it was 
time to go to a talk. Yeah. Uh, we'd already been around the show floor a bit, and we had a lot to show floor it. <laughs> Most of the talks at this are free, but not all. For example, at 2 o'clock, we have Russell Brand with his recovery, Freedom uh, from right. Our Addictions. We talked about him a little bit in a previous episode. Yeah, and we mentioned that the talk was $110. But should have been 108 And you were going to a very specific talk mm-hmm. with Linda Moulton Howe. Yes. Which My very favorite speaker. Carrie will have a lot to say about that in an upcoming episode. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. That had a price tag attached to it as well. Yeah, it did. I want to say that one was $40. Yeah, f- between 40 and 50. Yeah. And I was wavering. I was thinking, oh, maybe I should join Carrie, though I don't know. She's got that one covered. Maybe I should go to one of these other talks that are free. Most of these talks were up on the second floor, mm-hmm. and the LAX Hilton has all of these conference rooms, and they'll be in a row. So you'll have Los Angeles A and Los Angeles B and La Jolla. You can walk around this thing in a circle many times trying to find something, or at least I can. Oh, every time I needed to find one of these rooms, I would just go look online for the floor plan Uh of the LAX Hilton, because that was way faster than A, trying to ask somebody, or B, just following the signs. Yeah, the signs were not Not very good. helpful. Not very good. Yeah, I would say like, Catalina, this direction, and I'd walk over this direction. I don't see anything yep. called Catalina. Yep, same. Oh, why good. Did, I'm glad why that did wasn't you just say me. that? It wasn't that direction <laughs> at all. this to me. <laughs> so I was walking down, I think, the same hallway where you were. Maybe that sign was just pointing to Catalina Island, just so oh. that you put yourself in space and time. AKA Catalina B. Sure. <laughs> Sure. (laughs) So you were uh, in line for the Linda Moulton Howe thing, and there were these other long lines. I was trying to get into one of the other talks, and it was filled up. Oh, which one? Either it was the past life regression guided meditation. Mm, That sounds good. Or maybe it was Fia Johansson's Hijack Your Subconscious Mind. Oh, okay. Both sound great. But yeah, I remember thinking, okay, well, what's my next option? And then I saw my destiny. (laughs) A free keynote lecture by Deborah King. Ooh. A name I'd heard before, but if you asked me, who is Deborah King and why should I- (laughs) Why should I listen to her? Listen to her. I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly what it is that she does. Yeah, I don't think I had heard of Deborah King. In these circles, though, like her name comes up. Okay. But the talk title was quite intriguing. It was called Starseeds, Your Cosmic DNA. Oh, shit. So <laughs> let me tell you what I think starseeds are, because I'm not sure. Okay. I think a person who is the direct descendant of extraterrestrials and knows it, because we all are. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, we're all descendants of extraterrestrials, but some people self-identify as starseeds, and it seems like they're like, I'm from this planet in this galaxy. This is what my people are like, and I'm here for this particular purpose. I'm nodding along because, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you've got the right idea. Okay. Though something she says later makes me think that not all people are considered starseeds. Oh, all the baddies. Maybe. Mm. I was very excited. And the description outside, uh, every room has a big poster board with uh, info about the session and a picture of the person. The description here was, join legendary teacher, master healer, and New York Times bestselling author Deborah King for an experiential journey into the cosmos. Ooh. To discover your true origins, other suns and planets in our own Milky Way galaxy or in galaxies far, far away oh. may have been your original home 
giving you the deeper understanding and advanced starseed abilities that go along with those realms of higher consciousness. Learn of the mission you were sent to accomplish and why you volunteered for it. Oh, wow. Prepare yourself to be rocketed into space in this one-of-a-kind experience as you locate your home planet and look into your cosmic DNA. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Carrie's eyes are wide open. <laughs> I'm just, I, how could we go to any other talk? Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just Thank feel God like you went. by happenstance, I get into this line and actually, I didn't have to wait long. This hallway was just filled with people, but I was able to waltz in and sit down like near the front. I was in the second row on the right-hand side. Man. Yeah, super fun. In fact, I was sitting right next to the keyboardist. There was a woman woman up front who reminded me a little of Shelley Long. Oh, nice. With a uh, big fan. Frizzier hair perhaps and wearing sort of uh a shawl. I don't know. Everybody's wearing loose fitting. Got to get some flowy shit if you're going to be in this business. Yeah. And it's got tassels hanging off. It's not quite the Joseph Technicolor dream coat, but it's got, you know, like pretty bold striping to it. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, she's got an interesting look going there and very sweet lady. She wanted to know if I'd ever seen Deborah King before. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, my first time. She said, oh, well, you're in for a treat and you're in just the right spot. She loves to get that energy from the front rows. Nice. There's a good chance you might get called on. Oh, here's oh. hoping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was really excited. Uh, so she sits down at her keyboard. And so I ask her, how long have you been associated with Deborah King? Does she hire you to yeah. come play? And she says, oh, definitely. I'm one of her students. And there's a woman who comes to sit next to us, and she says, oh, oh, you wrote a book, didn't it, you? And the keyboardist says, oh, that was actually so-and-so, so maybe it's a, a woman who looks like her. Hmm, okay. uh, she names her, but then says, I did write one of those, what do you call it, when you write <laughs> about like your experience? A memoir? Yeah, I said, uh, essay? She said, no, you know, like... um." Where you're you're telling about how someone affected you. I said, Oh, a testimonial? I said, That's it. I did write a testimonial and that was published on the website or oh, something. Oh, that's really sweet. Something like that. Yeah. I love that she counts that. Absolutely. She's like, I'm a published author. Maybe that's where the other lady remembered her. Oh, from. yeah, that's yeah. true. So we we sat around, we waited as the room filled up, and it was a big, long conference room. Yeah. I can't remember how many I estimated, but I would say there were probably like 300 plus people in there. People? Yeah. In that one talk? Yeah. It was, Whoa. It was like a big room, one where you feel they could have separated that room into multiple rooms okay. with one of those accordion things, but they didn't. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it was wow. pretty packed, too. 300. Uh, Linda Walton Howe didn't have nearly that. Oh, many. wow. Yeah. You, uh, and you never know what's going to come out of her face. You never know. You never know. You never know. But boy, I did not know what was going to come out of Deborah King's face. Oh, I can't wait. We'll get there. And they also had the live streaming going for Gaia. So mm -hmm. the cameras were rolling. Gaia is, uh, again, the conscious network that runs this event and is also a place people go to watch like new age stuff. I would say most of the audience was women. Mm -hmm. But there were plenty of men. There was a guy behind me who reminded me a little bit of Frohickey from the X-Files. I don't know if you remember the Lone Gunman. I've seen two episodes of the X-Files. Oh, okay. Were, they were fine. You know, sort of a, a short man who, who has a face and an expression that reminds you a little bit of maybe a toad. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't, I don't mean that in any insulting way. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, like wind in the willows or something. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and I kind of looked back, and at first I thought he was wearing a hat that said Starseed. And I thought, oh, that's probably, he must be a big fan. But then I realized his hat was Space Force. 
Oh, <laughs> I, Donald Trump's Space Force. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, this is an interesting guy. God. I told him, oh, I misread your hat at first. Space Force, huh? And he said, yep, just got back from uh, multiple tours of duty. What? And I thought, okay, well, you're having fun. And I turn back around. So then he starts talking a little bit more. Yep, lots of memories. And oh. uh, well, <laughs> I'm thinking like, all right, now I'm done with the conversation. <laughs> lots uh, of memories like of Space Force? Yeah. And he was Goodness. clearly just trying to be interesting, uh, sarcastic. You know, oh, oh okay. I'm, I'm going to play around now, you know, now that we've started this conversation. Oh, I see. I make see. stuff up. And I don't know. No, thanks. <laughs> I, I was done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Once the room filled up, then this dance music started up, got pretty exciting nice woman came up on stage told us Do uh, you remember that's what i'm imagining sure yeah something along those lines so th- this woman comes up introduces deborah as again the new york times bestseller and sure enough she's written four books it's more books than i've written truth heals be your own shaman okay heal yourself heal the world okay wow a lot of commands here and entangled in darkness seeking the light Okay. So there you go. Yep. Uh, She's written more books than both of us combined. Yeah. As has anyone who's written a book. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) So Deborah comes out and I can't describe her any better than by saying, just imagine Jamie Lee Curtis Mm -hmm. as she is now, like in Mm -hmm. Knives Out, you know, that kind of spiked hair and glasses. And, you know, she's not quite a doppelganger, but definitely that, she could be her, vibe. She could be her sister. Uh-huh, and you'd be like, uh-huh. oh, of course she's Jamie Lee Curtis's sister. Yeah, I saw a picture of her and I, I get that even from the photos. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she was wearing white pants and a white turtleneck and very comfy white sneakers. Did you raise your hand and say, what do you do when you menstruate? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> you did? Okay, what did she say? <laughs> Uh, she told me about her time in Space Force. Oh, okay. That okay. ended that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of all of that white clothing, she had this long shawl. It was almost like a poncho that was sort of cut down the middle. Oh, uh-huh. I know what you're talking uh, about. Where yeah. if she lifts her arms, which she does later, mm-hmm. uh, into a T-pose, it forms this perfect square mm-hmm. of this very colorful fabric. Yeah, I associate that style with like latin america uh yeah it was very colorful you know, warm and cool tones and complex patterns so a very visually intriguing design there and she's wearing the glasses as well so she comes out she's all excited she's got the music going oh, I do forgot- you remember oh i should mention also there was a contest entry form being passed around this is how they get all of our email addresses of course and i've since gotten many emails from deborah king But I was hoping I would sign up and receive a free three-part video course with meditation audio called Awaken the Healer Within. Did I win? No. Did they announce the winner during the event? They did. There were winners at the end. Whenever they don't announce it during the thing, I'm like, like, nobody won. Yeah, yeah, you you don't even... Because there's 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 no way to follow up on this. And yep, yep, just now you've got my email address and you're going to send me three emails a week. Yep, this is a ruse. This is what has happened. So she starts to introduce herself for people who don't already know her. She said that when she was just 25 years old, she was a legal professional. She was on the fast track. It was a high-paying job, high-intensity. But then she got cancer. Oh, geez. Yeah, 25. That's God, yeah. That's rough. And Did she say what kind? She didn't. Okay. I'm sure she does in uh, Truth Heals. That's supposed to be about that and, and other parts of her life. 
But what was important about that was that it forced her to kind of leave that high-paced lifestyle and go seek out gurus. Oh, wow. Okay. To, she wanted to, you know, learn spiritual things. And what can I learn about, you know, these deeper meanings of life now that I, I'm really faced with my own mortality? She also started talking about just her interest in astronomy and said, you know, she's not trained in it, but just look at the influence of all of these great thinkers and how they've shown us the spiritual side of astronomy. And so hmm, she I feel was, that way about Carl Sagan. Interesting. Okay, Carl Sagan does come up later. Okay. But she drew kind of a line of succession from Galileo to the Mercury program to uh, the Kepler telescope to Neil Armstrong to Edgar Mitchell and now we're kind of in the realm where you can say, oh, yeah, definitely you have somebody who has infused astronomy and the stars with kind of spiritual significance. Because Okay, he, he I'm was not familiar with that name. Edgar Mitchell, he was an actual astronaut, and he's very much in this vein of believing aliens have come to visit oh, the cool. planet. And he's an interesting figure who's really kind of lent a lot of legitimacy. Sure, to, a Stanley Friedman type. Right, right, yeah. Like, oh, he was actually in these space programs. He's been to space, and he says he's seen these things. And, yeah, uh, wow, okay. He, he founded the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Oh, I've heard of that. In 1973. So uh, she was talking about just this kind of connection between the pursuit of knowledge of the stars and just sort of a spiritual significance. So after introducing that, those aspects, of herself, she said that she, after consulting with all these different ideas and seeking out other spiritual traditions, she started hearing this just ringing in her ears. Oh, okay. Uh, very, very commonly. And uh, my mom gets that. It's called tinnitus. Man, what a rough situation that must I be. No. Just, oh. I'll I call her and she'll have to switch the ear of the phone's on sometimes because the ringing's so loud you can't hear me. Oh, man. I know. Every now and then when I do get a ringing in my ears, I think, like, oh, poor people who have to hear that all, all the, the time. time. I know. That, that would Ugh. be maddening. So uh, first I thought she was saying that she had gone to visit a doctor to look okay. at this. Good idea. But uh -oh. then I realized, no, 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 no. This was not an actual doctor. Oh, no. She was accessing the Akashic Records. Oh, okay. So... The Akashic Records, for those who don't know, are records of everybody who's ever lived that are kept in like a celestial place, and it has all of your past lives and all of your future lives and your destiny. Just this ultimate index of, of all history of all people and things, which I hadn't heard of before we started the podcast. Right, I, yeah, I remember learning funny. about it during one of our investigations. So how's that going to help her with her tinnitus? Okay, so uh, as she accesses the records she meets this guide and okay. as she's talking about all these points everything's i've mentioned so far almost every single talking point has an associated glossy image with it up on the slideshow oh gotcha that for okay. me is right behind the keyboard is oh that reminds me of teal swan they look like you know high production quality stock images mm -hmm, that she's mm -hmm. found and there will be this kind of curious interplay of her sort of stating the, the nature of this image that really had me confused. Like, did you commission this? Because sometimes she would say, this is what I saw. And I'd be like, oh, oh where did you get this computer-generated image? Right. Did you have somebody create this based on your description? Right, Or is right. just, this just in the ballpark? Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of talk about those off and on as, as we go through this. But at this point, she showed this picture of a statue 
with a little guy who had, she described them as loudspeaker ears, sort of cones that projected out from his head. Oh, cool. And she pointed to the screen and she said, yeah, like this guy, but this is actually not a great image. He was wider than he was tall. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he he just looked like a normal figurine. I Uh, wonder then, okay, if he's wider than he is tall... That's so hard to picture. Was, right. Was he very, very short? Yeah. I don't know. I, wanna, I want more information about that. <laughs> right. But she didn't have the right stock image for that one. So sure. We just had to use our imaginations. But anyway, so he reveals to her that this ringing that you're hearing, it's because you have an antenna above your ear. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. And, that's important knowledge. And this tunes you into the vibrations of the universe. This is actually really important. Okay. And you can use this. Okay. And it reminds Huge if true. It reminded me a bit of our friend Whitley Streber, mm-hmm. who found mm-hmm. that he had an antenna in his or I think, earlobe. Or in at least. Yeah. He, right. Mm-hmm. And this sounded more like That's it was right. in yeah. her brain. But apparently it was a gift of the star beings or something okay, like that. Okay, so uh, the rare good implant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And he let her know that she is a starseed and she is from Orion's belt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So all of this came from her visit to the Akashic Records. And that set her off on a quest. She started looking into starseeds and what that means and she found that starseeds originate from another planet, a different star system, or a galaxy, or a parallel universe, or even another dimension. Oh, whoa. Okay. She kind of started asking us if we were starseeds, but then she said, you know what? I bet most of you are starseeds because you are the type of people who come to this convention. Ah, uh, yes. That's the kind of thing we hear a lot. The fact that you're here already puts you in a certain class of people. Right. But she had sort of a checklist of... Signs that you might be a starseed. Okay. So, dear listener, consider. Okay. Do you have recurring dreams and visions? I do. Okay. Do you sometimes remember the future? I'm sorry? Do I what? (laughs) Don't be sorry. I I don't know what that means. That means you might be a starseed. Oh. (laughs) I don't know what that sentence means, though. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I get deja vu if that's what. Right. Okay. I, I think that's it, where, you know, you have a recollection of something that happened, but then it turns out, no, you were just picturing something that was about to happen. Right. Okay. Uh, Do you have dreams of flying or out-of-body experiences? Occasionally. Does time seem flexible to you? Huh. Sometimes it's slower, sometimes it's faster. Oh, sure. Like if I'm bored, it's slow. (laughs) Time sort of dilates. At Amazing Facts, time was very slow. (laughs) I hope it's not just a distillation of like, uh, oh, time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) Do you experience synchronicities? Sure, sometimes things happen at the same time. Or do you look at maybe the clock sometimes and it says 11-11. She even mentioned that, like our our friend uh, Al Guy. Yeah, Mike Cleland. Do you have changing sleep patterns? Why, yes, I do. Sometimes I have to get up early. Sometimes I don't. Same here. And (laughs) I like this one. Do you desire to change the world? (laughs) If so, you should join Scientology. Clear the planet. (laughs) Touche. Yeah, I guess I desire to change the world. That tells me that Bill Nye might be a starseed. He uses that line a lot. I think would, uh, dare I say it, he does. Change the world. (laughs) So yeah, those are uh, some of the signs. And so she says, as a starseed, 
you have a, a mission here on earth to be of service. And that's yeah. what she found out from her guide. And some of us are even working with the Galactic Council. Mm. Okay. We'll, we'll hear more. <laughs> Carrie's like, okay. Yeah, I don't know. You, you said that in such an important way. I, <laughs> I, I felt like I was called. So yeah, she started learning then about Orion after she came back from this first consultation. She learned that the Egyptian pyramids in Giza are perfectly aligned with Orion's belt. You know, speaking of the pyramids. Okay. Some of them have staircases that are ascending, like they go up. Oh, most of them most are? Most of them do, yeah. Are there any exceptions? I'm glad you asked. Actually, the Great Pyramid oh, has a, a staircase. Yeah, that goes down. That it's one goes- descending. Whoa. I know. That's really significant. I know. This is a callback to <laughs> or Gene, Gene Scott. Scott. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. But you should listen to those episodes. They're wild. Okay. And yes, Ross, go on. She was talking about how- all cultures have some mythology or some legend or some story of a returning savior. So mm. maybe it's the Maitreya, maybe it's Osiris, maybe it's the Messiah, maybe it's a redeemer or the second coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, all these different religions have these ideas of someone's, someone's coming, coming back for us. Exactly. Yep. And so this seemed to be just another a buttressing of the idea of star seeds and connections with other planets. So is it kind of like that yearning is built into us because we were dropped here by somebody? Right. Okay. And she's mentioning how in Genesis it talks about how we were created in you know our image. It's mm -hmm. a plural, mm -hmm. something that the Raelians definitely based a lot of their mm -hmm. findings on. So yeah, definitely things that we've uh, encountered before. Apparently, the Mexican pyramids are also pointing directly at the Orion stars. I'm not quite sure what that means or how you measure that because stars change in their yeah. apparent position over time. I, I guess somehow... That's the whole idea of astrology. <laughs> right. So my understanding is that they're somehow arranged in a formation that matches the formation of those stars. I think that's maybe the charitable way to view it. Okay. I don't know how true that is. but Me neither. I will not object yes. to the lawyer. This is definitely true. We give it our stamp of approval without looking. She also refers to how her guide had kind of shown her a vision of the whole world and had mm. told her that you have this important mission to help return the world to how it used to be. It used to be free of war and sickness and famine. Wow, and she's the one. You know, everybody has a mission and every star seed. But she's specifically chosen to restore the world to how it was. Well, at least that was the vision that needs to be fulfilled. Okay. And she was supposed to play a role in that. Okay, got it. One thing that's interesting is that apparently he told her a specific aspect of her fulfilling her mission would be for her to go to the center of the U.S. and mm. live there and minister there. She should come to our Lebanon, Kansas uh, <laughs> live show that I still want to have. For that, uh, refer to Judge John Hodgman, where you can hear Carrie and I debate about whether or not to do a show in Lebanon, Kansas, is it? It's a really good idea. But it's also not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to hear Carrie and I on different sides of an issue, and actually, we don't know how Judge John Hodgman adjudicates this. Yeah, yet. it's true. We haven't heard it we yet. We have yet to find out who is right. 
I know who's right. I just don't know what he'll say. (laughs) So, okay, she's getting all this information still from the guy who is wider than he is tall. Yeah, and she's kind of piecemeal giving revelations from this first access of the Akashic Records. Okay. And so she admits she has not yet moved to the center of the U.S. and she doesn't really want to. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's like, I much prefer the pace of California. Wow. In the back of her mind, she realizes at some point I need to fulfill my mission in the middle of the U.S. Well, you know what? I got to give it to her on this one because usually you just hear about the visions that are pretty transparently beneficial to the recipient oh, of said visions. good point. Yeah. But in this case, she's like, nope, this is a thing I heard and I, I got to get there. I got to get to Lebanon. Very good point. Yeah. She, of course, she doesn't mention that particular spot. But yes, that is the <laughs> geographical center of the U.S. Well, they say so anyway. So then she starts talking about Lemuria. And, oh, all right. And Atlantis. So Lemuria came from first. So everyone's heard of Atlantis, I think. That's the very famous supposedly lost society under mm-hmm. the ocean. Right. Lemuria is kind of its less popular little sister. Right. A- but according concept. to her, right, uh, the idea of this advanced civilization from the distant past, you know, tens of thousands of years ago, maybe further depending on who you talk to, like Linda Moulton Howe. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess these were the examples that the guide was referring to, talking about how the world used to be pristine and wonderful. Though you always have to ask, why then did it fail? Yeah. If it was such an ideal society, usually there's some story about them getting greedy or dropping their guard or something like that. Maybe if it were just a natural disaster. Yeah. In this case, we know that happened to it. Atlantis. We know that Atlantis. happened to Atlantis. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. Yes. <laughs> so she was talking about evidence for Lemuria, saying that lots of 18th century scientific thinkers uh, wrote about it. She didn't name ah, any. That's all I need to know. But the Lemurians came from the Pleiades. Okay. They were star seeds as well, and they stored their memories on crystals. Oh, they cool. They harness the power of a crystal to uh, keep memory. Could you not access that memory until you picked up the crystal? Or are they just keeping them on crystals the way we are? Yeah, right. The well, way we store all our data. Right. I guess yeah. we're just finally figuring out this ancient ah, technology. Oh, okay. And yet Interesting. The, the Lemurians knew they were going away. They knew their society was going to crumble. Oh, okay. So this is all now reminding me of the Superman mythos, how like Jor-El knew that the planet Krypton was going to succumb to the star dying, and he sent his son to Earth with a bunch of crystals that he oh. could use to access their memories. Interesting. I'd never yeah. thought about that before. You know, it's always interesting when we see things like that because it's, I don't think she's probably intentionally cribbing from it, but once that story is just sort of in your data bank for your brain mm-hmm. to pull from, it's pretty easy to just map onto it. The crystals in your brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, or perhaps that was already an existing understanding of Lemuria and oh, okay. maybe the founders pulled from uh, that existing myth. Okay, maybe. Anyways. I guess then the Atlanteans inherited those crystals, and that's why they had been stored. Oh, we're going to, for whatever reason, our society is going away. Let's save this. And so the Atlanteans were very much into technology, and they preserved those crystals. And she pointed to, she actually named names in this one. Of course, we all know Plato wrote about Atlantis. She also used Thomas More as a source on Atlantis. I feel hmm. that's pretty sketchy there. He also wrote about a utopian society. Mm-hmm. So I guess then after Atlantis sank, all of that preserved information of 
that civilization went to the Galactic Council and they've been preserving it. Oh, thanks, guys. For uh, low these many centuries and millennia. Okay, so is this where we come in? Because I know you said earlier we're supposed to join or help the Galactic Council. Yes. So, okay. So now what's happening, and this again reminds me of the Raelians, we are trying to get our planet to a place where we raise a shield around the planet. Whoa, okay. Didn't expect this. Yeah, and again, she references this image of... The Earth, as seen from space, it's an illustration. It's got all these white node points above the surface, and they're all interconnected to form this sort of grid floating above the surface okay. of the Earth. Uh-huh. And she's saying, he showed me this. Thought, <laughs> that clip art? Or, like, how did you, did you ask him, like, can you email that to me? <laughs> like, she's just referring to this image as if, you know, that's exactly what I saw. This is the kind of stuff that my brain gets stuck on, and then I'm like, if I ask that, does it sound like I'm being an asshole? <laughs> or like, but I really don't know. It reminds me of that cancer clinic where I was like, I think he's saying cancer has a brain, literally. And you were like, he's not saying cancer. But he, was. he was. If he weren't, he could be like, no. <laughs> right. No, I'm not. And then you feel like a jerk. We've run into both of those responses. Right. Where you've asked that question. <laughs> They've been like, obviously, I'm not saying. Oh, I'm yeah. not saying that. I'm saying that dogs <laughs> run Christmas. That's right. Our recent interview with ISIS, you yeah. were asking if. The other leader, the Bajan, if he kept his uh, women in actual closets. Right. It's like, no. Not a literal <laughs> closet. Like minutes after she's telling us about her guru locking children in a plywood box. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, it would have been one of those situations. <laughs> so, yes, they're waiting for us to activate our potential as star seeds to raise up this energy field around the Earth and then. They will be ready to reveal to us this knowledge they've been holding on to. Ah, okay. So got to raise that consciousness. Just keep raising it and raising it. So finally, we have something akin to a theology where mm-hmm. you have sort of like, oh, now I get the overall framework and what we're trying to do and what my goal in life should be. Do we know how to do that? We'll get to that. Okay. So yeah, you have this Galactic Federation of Light. It's run by light beings. They're running many universes. Oh, okay. So yeah, not just ours. So now it's time for us to join in a short meditation, Mm -hmm. uh, seven minutes long. Okay. And at first she just had us close her eyes and immediately my friend, the keyboardist, just starts yeah, creating kind of that soft synthesizer wavy music and kind of cool that it was live and she was just sort of playing it on on top of everything else. But nice. We start out in the heart chakra And then we go to the thymus gland, which Hmm. is right behind the breastbone. I had to look this one up. Okay. uh, But it's real gland. And it produces important uh, hormones for immunity and also just development. And then we move up to the the throat and then the third eye and then the pituitary gland and then the pineal gland. Very popular in these circles, that gland. Indeed. And then to the top of the head, the crown chakra. And then she invites us to come under her energetic umbrella. Oh. Under my umbrella. umbrella. (laughs) And we are led to travel to South America. Okay. Guess where we go? Machu Picchu. Oh, very good. We go to Lake Titicaca. Oh, okay. I don't know. I just have to think like in the middle of meditation, just for her to say, you know, come with me to Lake Titicaca. Because but, Titty and Kaka are in there? Or? Yeah, it's... <laughs> oh, my God, okay. <laughs> it's it's a 
objectively funny word. Sure. Like Rancho Cucamonga. I think <laughs> I bet titty means titty there too. Because like the Grand oh. Tetons are like the big titties. That's right. what that is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know the origin of the word, and I'm sure we're going to get lots of emails about that now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, it's just a place name from another culture. There's nothing wrong with that, but just the way we hear the word, whatever the origins, it just seemed like an interesting choice for her to say that, where I almost thought like, are you having a laugh? Oh, I see. It's said to be the birthplace of the Incas. Okay. Or so says Wikipedia, which I haven't fact-checked it. That's what it says. Ah, okay. So titty means puma. And Kaka means mount. Well, that's where we go. We all travel under her energetic umbrella to Lake Titicaca. That is a huge umbrella. And as we go under the water, Mm -hmm. we take on additional dimensions. So we're no longer just three-dimensional beings. Whoa. We are now entering a fifth-dimensional realm. We are now 5D beings. Okay. What was the fourth? You passed right through it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. We're just straight three to five. Okay. Got it. And under 60. And that's where we encounter the Illuminated Ones. They're there. They've set up a civilization. We also encounter the Brotherhood of the Seven Rays. Okay. Which I hadn't heard of. Apparently, it's a thing in kind of these circles, and I can't wait to read more about it. And there they keep, and they've been holding on to this from, I don't know, passed down from the Lemurians, I guess, the Golden Disc of Muru. (laughs) Miru? Muru? I think uh, it's Muru. Boy, never heard of any of that. Okay. Ye- um, and, you know, this was all one quick stream, starting with mm, Titicaca, mm-hmm. and now we've got Golden Disc, we've got a Brotherhood of Seven Rays. Okay, yeah, we've got the Golden Sun Disc of Mu, but it looks like it's also called Aramu Muru. Perhaps she was just truncating it to Muru. Anyways, then she assures us that we do have more than five dimensions, but five dimensions are good enough for now. Uh, we're also Agree. we're witnessing in our meditation, we're seeing metals that are unknown to science. <laughs> metals heavier than gold, way beyond gold. Wow. Yeah, and I'm thinking, okay, well... Tell they, me about that. They have to have an atomic number. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess you're referring to some transuranic metal that is somehow stable. Indeed, that is not known to uh, science yet, but okay. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like a very easy thing to say. My brain did immediately start thinking like, oh, what does that Hang actually on. mean? Just like whenever they say, oh, we found this alien metal from a spacecraft and it's unidentified like they would have to use the same elements we all use oh i always just think from that like please let me explain to you what it means to not have a definitive answer on a lab report it doesn't mean this is impossible in this human realm it means we haven't figured it out it's an alloy of a bunch of different shit and we don't want to get it wrong (laughs) right yeah exactly this had all been set up underneath the water many millennia ago and then the Incas came along and they recognized the sacredness of that location okay and that's why they began to build in the vicinity of like Titicaca so that was our meditation then we wandered back to our seats and maybe she didn't mention this to you but I can't tell from her photo she looks like a Caucasian woman yeah yes okay The longer you guys stay in Central and South America with her telling you what their ancients believe, the more I'm uncomfortable and hope she brings you back. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we did come back. But yeah, she assured us that all of these legends are real. Okay. That that we hear of all of the spiritual stories. They just have these kind of starseed implications and interpretations. Mm -hmm. Then she talks about her third trip to the Akashic Records. So I think the things I mentioned before were split between two trips to the Akashic Records. Now, all this time, does she still have cancer? 
Oh, that's a good question. She never mentioned cancer again in the entire talk. <laughs> okay. Well, I saw on her website that it did say that she had chosen to heal her cancer through a new agey means or whatever and didn't get treatment and then was cured, which makes me want to know what kind of cancer we're talking about because there are some yeah. that spontaneously go away, some brain cancers, for example. Sure. She didn't finish that part of the story, at least not in this talk. Hmm. Okay. On her third trip to the Akashic Records, she got to jetpack to a city. Oh, cool. And there were all of these intense-eyed robots. Okay, wait. So she goes directly to the Akashic Records without need of any sort of transport. But once she gets there, they're like, here's a jetpack to go to a city? Mm, yeah, well, in the meditation, we were able to move around at will. But yeah, I guess for whatever reason, in this particular jetpacks only visit, she's got a jetpack. Okay. And she goes to this very futuristic city. And yet again, she points at the image on the screen. And she said, and I saw these robots. <laughs> okay. We've, yeah, definitely CG from top to bottom yep. image of a female-ish robot. It looks very much like the type of robot you would see in iRobot, the movie okay. with Will Smith. Yeah, like very humanoid. With glowing orange yellow eyes almost intended maybe to be sexy but certainly creepy wow. mm -hmm. i find it creepy mm -hmm. yeah, Cre fair. Cre creepier than sexy that's for sure <laughs> i am i am more wanting to get away from this robot than to copulate with it that's fair <laughs> my friend jude who you've met many times yes a good friend jude she just told me the other day that she's scared that she's going to be one of those old ladies who's just surrounded by robots and i was like I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that a it's like is that such an archetype? A Jude thing to say. <laughs> what are you? What's in your head? Maybe Pit, she's remembering the future. Yeah, maybe. And she was like, "Well, I just think I she just, might be a star seed. I might not like. I didn't. I didn't have any kids, and you know, what if I'm just sort of lonely, and so I just get a bunch of robots." <laughs> I was like, that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, I was like, well, it's you could do like, worse. Yeah, if you were happy about it, I probably wouldn't disrupt it. And she's like, but that's my fear that I'll be happy about it. And you all will be thinking, oh, poor Jane. <laughs> and then her example was that she had seen a toy at the toy store that could wag its tail and she got excited Aww. about it. I was like, dude, that's everybody. <laughs> everybody responds to toys. That's yeah. what they're for. She felt a lot better after that. Oh, good. That's your pleasure. <laughs> Jude is so amazing. She's I love the it. Best. You never anyway. know what'll come out of her face, but in a much better way. For real. And then she shows us the city. And again, we have this, I don't know, this computer generated city with a very dramatic skyscape that has like oh, a, yeah. one of those giant moons that fills up two thirds of the sky. Way too many sources of light. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of Thomas Kincaidy, but futuristic. Yeah. Like the kind of desktop image that you would find <laughs> back in 2002. Mm -hmm. And then later on be like, why did I save this image? This is really, <laughs> this is really fake. Anyway, so she refers to us like, I visited this city. And like, really? Was it that one? <laughs> did you have an artist reconstruct? I'd really did like- Did you bring a camera? I want to know more about these images and yeah. how, she, how she got them. In talking about all this, she also mentioned the Dogon tribe, mm. who's from Mali, West okay. Africa. And they claim to have been visited in ancient times by Lord Nomos- from Sirius. I did look this up. Okay. It does check out somewhat as uh, anthropologists in 1931 claimed to have been told something along those lines, but there are reasons to doubt the veracity of that original story. This also includes the claim that the Dogon had known about Saturn's rings long before science did. Oh, before science. 
Yeah, at least uh, our modern science and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. telescopes. Okay, so she leads us on another meditation, and this time she uh, has us picture a golden bubble that will be our space vehicle. Ooh, this sounds nice. And of course, I couldn't help but think of Cosmos. The oh, ri- sure, yeah. <laughs> the spaceship of imagination. Mm-hmm. We start out so far away that we can see the Milky Way, which is really freaking far away if you can see the Milky Way. I have a question. Yes. Sorry. When did this all happen? Like in her life? When did she first? She's talking about successive visits to the Akashic Record. Uh, Okay. I don't know if she said the number of years, but at least my mental conception of this is that this was over the course of maybe three, four or five years, something like that. But when she was 25 or? Starting when she was 25. Yeah. So this is all long ago now. Oh, yeah, because she said she's been doing this. That's a good point. For 40 years. Wow. Spreading this message. So Uh, One of the images you sent, the one of the sexy robot. Yeah. Or at least the robot I want to have sex with. Personally, right. It looks like the internet couldn't find one earlier than 2016. Okay. Then I'm guessing, yeah, she's gone around recently and updated her slideshow. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That robot looks like looks the one. Looks like, yeah. It looks like that image was made by Tatiana Shepoliva. Wow, so here. you were just able to reverse image search that whole image without cropping it or anything. I cropped it. Oh, nicely done. Very efficient over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, she has us travel out to the stars where we meet our star ancestors so I guess every person who's in this meditation is sort of invited to just imagine their star ancestors, you know, where they're from. And that's kind of interesting because they're talking about Orion and the Pleiades and all these other star systems that are pretty close to us. So it's okay. weird that we would start out zoomed out so far that we see the whole Milky Way because mm. uh, all of those are very close to us in the scale of the Milky Way. So I guess mm-hmm. we have to zoom back in to the star systems we know of. Or, or maybe someone in this equation doesn't know that. So we're instructed to find our true home. And I open up one of my eyelids just long enough to see the keyboard lady. And, oh, she's into it. She's like kind of revolving around as she plays, her body swaying to the music that she's playing. Nice. We're told that these are star beings of the Aquarian age. I would love to get an explanation of exactly what the Aquarian age is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the age of Aquarius. Because apparently though, they all have an upgraded genetic code and they can do that for us too. Oh, great. When we meet them. Well, so maybe that lady I met who upgrades your DNA, Mm -hmm. maybe she's one of them. Oh, that would make sense. We should get these people together. Absolutely. You know know, actually, you just need to go like three doors over. Yeah, because she said there were three others, right, who could do this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we found one. Oh my gosh, we should connect them. Totally. I wonder how they would interact. You know what? I bet that would fulfill our whole life mission if we just introduced the <laughs> two of them. We missed our opportunity. Yeah. I wonder like if they had this conference when people like Jesus and Buddha and I don't know, George King were alive, would they all just have their own little rooms? And we'd be like, oh, I guess that's so. interesting. Who do I go see? You know, we've talked about this. I think you and I are there at this conference just trying to find consistency between all these ideas. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, at least to me, it gets under my fingernails that all these people are making these really bold claims about their connection to source and Mm -hmm. this important information that they're receiving from Akashic Records. And I want them all to be consistent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're saying this... Or admit that you are saying the others are wrong. Right, exactly. Yeah, I want to see what is that 
conflict and how do you resolve it? How does everybody here get away being absolutely correct? Mm-hmm, right. But that doesn't seem to bother anybody else. Nope. Just you and me. The other people <laughs> who are bothered by that just don't come to this conference. <laughs> I mean, I've heard it from speakers where speakers will kind of sometimes gently, sometimes not so gently say, well, you know, I'm certain people downstairs might tell you X, but oh, that's not true. Gotcha, gotcha. But rarely from an attendee. Good point. Uh, so anyways, it's a lovely meditation. We get to hold a perfect crystal sphere. It's all good. Great. So we come out of that one. She talks about her first book that she wrote, Truth okay. Heals. And uh, she just very quickly mentioned this, just kind of in passing. She said, oh, yeah, my my dearly loved father. We had a really complicated relationship that involved mm-hmm. abuse and incestual relations. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. And, and she just kind of brushed past this very quickly. And, and obviously, yeah. it was something she had to to work through but i thought whoa whoa there's a big story here yeah yeah mostly that was told in the context of how here she was this lawyer and she thought it was ironic that she was afraid of speaking up to her mother about this Mm -hmm. but that she finally had to confront her mother and call her and that her mother said you know i just think you need to forget about all this which she said that it was helpful just having that conversation even though it was kind of dismissive on her mother's part it helped her just to have said it. Boy, That's this, good this woman, she's... yeah, that she feels that she's had some sense of closure. She said she came away feeling empowered. Okay. Uh, just talking about it. But good. clearly this woman contains multitudes. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Anyways, the important points of this were that the star beings of the Aquarian mission have. Which I might be one. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that you met. Right. Yeah. So I guess they're your ancestors. Okay. They have upgraded genetic coding. Great. They have Tibetan monks' sacred geometry. What? Check. (laughs) (laughs) Bullet point three. Crystal acts as a transformer. (laughs) Okay. Check. Sure. Four. Enhanced brain and cell structures. All right. Thank you. And five. Generates a force field that magnifies intentionality. Now that one's true. When Drew and I are laying in bed and we want the other person to feel their love, this sounds gross and sexual, but it's not, (laughs) Um, then we say, I'm sending you my force field, and you feel your physical love going out of your body and envelop the other person (laughs) and, of course, your doggy, and then the other person waits to feel it, crouching in on them. Oh, there it is. I feel your force field. Oh, so this is your own guided meditation that you (laughs) share with you. Yeah, So, yeah, I'm an Atlantean. That's so funny. Speaking of things that aren't sexual but kind of sound like it, my coworker, Nancy, she always, whenever we're talking about just... You know, people feeling tired or needing to just get refreshed. She refers to people needing their love cup filled. Oh, yep. Like, oh, Whoops. We, we, nope. We, you know, Not how it sounds. they just need to get their love cup filled. Or, oh, let's fill their love cup. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. There's an old like standard called when God dipped his pen of love into my heart. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> the penis might here. Exactly. So then she gets to a really important part of her fulfilling her mission and realizing kind of what her powers are. She said that she went on some kind of vacation, I guess, just to relax and to heal to this farm. And she points <laughs> at what is clearly a stock photo. It looks like that old Windows XP Bliss background. You remember it had like the super saturated green hill with the super saturated blue sky above it. Okay, wait. Windows XP background? Just say Bliss. Yeah, Windows XP Bliss. Bliss. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? The movie Toys. Oh. Toys? 
Oh, with Robin Williams? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. In the poster, he's got the hole in his hat. True. But even like in the film, they're walking around in these very high saturation environments. I haven't seen uh, Toys. I've oh, seen. I think you'd love Toys. Oh, okay. It's great. It's I like Robin singularly Williams. strange. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Got to add it to my letterboxed app. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, here we go. Here's the farm. It's like, no, oh, yeah. that was not the farm that you went to visit. That's a stock photo that farm. That could be the farm at the end of Chicken Run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got a, a couple horses grazing this like crazy saturated yellow green grass mm-hmm. and everything's perfectly mowed with a bright blue sky above it. Like she said, this is the farm. It's like, that is not the farm. I'm not even convinced that someone took a photo of a real place in space and time <laughs> and layered colors on top of it. That could have been generated from whole cloth. Anyways. Okay. So she visits this farm. <laughs> Maybe it's a different farm. And she is instructed to lay down in a mandala. Apparently, they've got this big kind of maze made out of rocks on the ground like we've seen before at the Institute of Mental Mental Physics. Yeah, that's the one. So she is instructed to lay down there and she looks up at the stars at night and she just keeps getting this instruction to do this. So night after night, she goes out there. She lays under the stars in the middle of the mandala. Over time, she starts to hear these sounds coming from the cosmos. Oh, yeah. Does she still have tinnitus? I guess so. She's hearing these sounds, but huh. but now they're more melodic. Okay. And she's being motivated to mimic them. And so finally, she goes to see a chiropractor. So okay. she's dealing with some kind of pain or another. And she gets this urge. She realizes, I need to sing these tunes to him. Okay. And here's my interpretation of how her singing sounds. No, okay. <laughs> For does she say to him, I have these sounds in my ear and this is what they sound like? Or is he like cracking her back and she just starts doing that? <laughs> I am very much picturing the latter. <laughs> oh no. I, I, the way she described it. And so she said that he was transfixed and everybody <laughs> Yeah, I bet he was. Everybody laughs at that. And so this is that's me singing my version of what she's saying later. But <laughs> she said I never went back. And, you know, we're laughing again because, you know, she's mm-hmm. embarrassed by this. But she says, I knew that I'd transformed him. Oh, <laughs> But how do you know if you never go back? <laughs> oh, man. And she said, and you know what? This is what I do now. And sometimes it's a, a whole room that I can do. And, you know, I'm uh, raising your energy level and I'm Aww. activating you. That was the term she used. I'm activating people. Does she seem sincere? Yes. Okay. And eventually she'll do it in the middle of the U.S., but right now. Oh, right. She's doing it over in California. This is where she starts going into this just motivational talk where she tells us, this is what you need to look for in your life. The mission of you as a star seed, you know, what the ancestors from the stars are telling you to do. And maybe it's going to be helping with climate change. Mm-hmm. Or working with the environment or, okay. or helping minorities or okay, contributing like to examples. the arts or music. And I was like, yeah, this is all great. Mm-hmm. You, you can't argue with any of that. Well, therein is the problem, but yes. Right. And didn't uh, need her to tell me that, but it's nice. Right. Yeah. So we had to build up this whole very interesting scaffold just to say, <laughs> go out and do good things. <laughs> right. But, you know, all of this is very nice. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with all of it. And so she shares a quote about finding your own 
trail, your own path, go deep inside your heart. So all of that sounds great. So we move on from that. And she tells us about other star seeds, uh, famous star seeds, uh, Nikola Tesla. Of course. Of course. And apparently he said that he came from Venus. Oh. Men are from Venus, as you know. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's the other way. I'm looking up Nikola Tesla from Venus. Oh, please do. Uh, yeah, I did not verify that. But you never know with Nikola Tesla what will come out of his face. Truly. I remember reading as a child uh, C.S. Lewis books, the Space Trilogy. Mm -hmm. I was a big fan of Chronicles of Narnia, read each of those at least four times. And I expanded out to the Space Trilogy, which started with like Paralandra and That Hideous Strength. There was another one. Anyways, one of them takes place on Venus. And there's this whole rich world with it's like covered in water, but there are creatures that live on these floating mats. And it was all very interesting. And I remember as a kid thinking like, whoa, that's what could be on Venus. But then later on, I learned that Venus is just this runaway greenhouse effect planet with just scalding temperatures on mm. the surface and none of the things that C.S. Lewis described. Uh, yeah, that's why all the ladies bad. left. So, uh, yeah, not sure how Nikola Tesla actually came from there. Maybe yeah, it was an earlier well, version of Venus. I see an article on medium.com, famous, very reputable source, medium.com. Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe whatever you're about to say. Titled, Declassified FBI Document Claims Nikola Tesla Was Brought to Earth from Venus. There we go. Confirmation. And I don't see any links. Oh, wait. There is a link, but it is to this person's own website at selfdevelopshop.com. Guess who her next star seed was? Jodie Foster. Oh, excellent guess. Oh, thank you. That's funny, actually. I'm looking at an image of Jodie Foster. Did you see a reflection in my eyeballs? I don't think so. I'm just very impressed. Well, well <laughs> thank you. She said Carl Sagan okay. because he wrote Contact. Okay, yep. Uh, but I always think it's so interesting how Carl Sagan managed to transcend these communities where he was very yes. much a skeptic, very much a scientist, and wrote beautifully against a lot of pseudoscience, especially to do with astronomy, which is mm -hmm. his specialty. If you haven't read The Demon Haunted World, Science is a Candle in the Dark, that is an amazing book. It's very good. Highly, highly recommend it. Anyways, you know, he could say things like that, but everybody on either side of the aisle remembers him so fondly. And then finally... A technology pioneer. Who do you think the other star seed she mentioned was? A technology pioneer, Steve Jobs. Oh, so close. It's actually Steve Jobs. Oh, shoot. <laughs> she called him Steve Jobs. Little known Steve Jobs. No, no, you're you're exactly right. So he got mentioned a couple times at this conference as well. She showed a couple other images that were very strange. I sent you one that was the uh, Galactic Federation, and it's just like this a very fancy spaceship-looking conference table. Oh, yes, I see that. With a bunch of future versions of the aileron chairs <laughs> surrounding, kind of shaped like a guitar pick conference table. Yeah, it looks like Minority Report. Fancy diagrams on the screens in the background. Yeah, totally. So again, she points at this and it's like, wait, Wait, did you just find that stock image or is that actually right. a photo of the Galactic it's Federation? It's and then she got to what I'm going to call the most head-scratching slide of the entire presentation. Oh, okay. Me. I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to show this to you. Okay. I see five human infants. Okay. One of whom has half a grapefruit on the far left. 
Oh, yeah. I think they're holding, at least the left two are holding musical instruments. So maybe some kind of maraca, maybe. Okay. They're in sort of a V formation where the baby in the middle is closest to to me, the viewer. Um, Let's see. They're of uh, varying uh, ethnic heritages. We have presumably a black baby, an Asian baby, a white baby, maybe like a Filipino or Pacific Islander baby. What are we looking at? Okay. Why are we looking no, at All right, it? you've got the right idea. So <laughs> she says that she's learning because of the Galactic Council and you know all of this information about the star seeds and us coming from all these different places in the sky. Mm-hmm. She says, well, and it's just, it's obvious. I mean, look at the five root races. Oh, no, what? And so she goes to this slide and you've got the picture of these cute oh, little babies. Oh, no. And she said... You know, and it just shows we all come from different planets or universes. But didn't she say that most of the people in this room are from Atlanta? Well, I guess it was probably mostly white people. So are white people from Atlantis and everybody else is from somewhere else? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, goodness. Well, and then the people from Atlantis are in turn from some other star location. Yeah. So apparently the diversity Uh, of races on Earth Mm -hmm. somehow reflects our points of origin in the cosmos. I'm sure this sounded very nice and loving to her. It's just one of those things that you can't pick at very long (laughs) because it'll all fall apart. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That was the end of that section. Actually, there's more. She has more to say. She's going to invite members of the audience up to receive healing. Okay. So healing is the thing she does. Yes. <laughs> okay. Activation, healing, yeah, whatever ails you. Well, before you tell me even more <laughs> that this woman said, <laughs> I want to tell you about products I love. Oh, please do. You know, if you're going to go to other planets, you're mm-hmm. going to be traveling a lot. You want to be comfortable. You mm-hmm. want to wear your best stuff. And that's why when I go to Venus, I wear my third love bra. Those are high quality bras. Exactly. They're light. Mm -hmm. You need light packing when you're going to go into space. Light travel definitely happens in space. (laughs) Cara just recently got a new bra from third love. Ooh, lucky gal. And, you know, I got to see it modeled. Oh, my goodness. Very good. Uh, (laughs) She she said that Seems like this is a larger size than it should be, but it's very comfortable. Ah, right. Yes. Their the Fit, Fit Finder. Finder quiz. It worked. All yes. right. Nice. And uh, very nice bra. And they actually used the measurements of millions of people to design bras in over 80 sizes ah. with all day comfort, which is good if you're going into space and all day support. Plus, these bras feature straps designed not to slip, tagless labels, and lightweight memory foam cups. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, just return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to someone in need. Wonderful. So Third Love knows there is a perfect bra for everyone. Right now, they're offering our listeners 15% off their first orders. So go to thirdlove.com slash oh no right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash oh no for 15% off today. Woohoo! You know, now that we're talking about products I love, Mm -hmm. I want to tell you about Drew's new website. He just put up a website that looks really good, and he used Squarespace to build it. Yay! I would say the URL, but I don't think it's live yet. That's right. You're just going to have to hang on to your teeth. Is that a saying? Hang on to your teeth, Hang on to your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) It is now. When you're waiting, that's what you do. And I'm very excited for him. He's got a new URL. It's true. And he's built his website beautiful. And mm-hmm. he even asked us, he said, hey, what's that promo code? Is it oh no? Mm-hmm. I said, sure he is. He said, oh boy, it is. And he said, oh, I saved some money. 
And, you know, Drew's an actor, but whether you're an architect, an artist, a graphic designer, a wedding professional, whether you're a restaurateur or you own a bar or you're a jewelry designer or you're a producer or you're a hair and makeup artist or you own a gym <laughs> or a studio or maybe a spa or maybe you're a wellness coach or maybe you're a creative consultant or an agency or maybe you sell furniture or you're a real estate broker or, I don't know, a gamer or a consultant or a healthcare person or maybe you even work in financial services or these you're are, a lawyer. These are all things you could do and be. Or you yeah. run a museum. Even then. You could blog or you could publish content. You could promote your physical or online business. You could announce an upcoming event or a special project and more. And more? And more. I thought for sure that was an exhaustive list of the things no, you could no. do, but there are additional things you could, could do. I could think of other ones. Oh my God. It's almost too much. Squarespace gives you access to beautiful templates created by world-class designers, probably from other galaxies mm -hmm. who have come here specifically to work for Squarespace. At, at least some of those designers have to be star seeds, which means really they're universe-class designers. Exactly. You heard it here. Don't be fooled by imitators. I don't know what I'm saying. It has powerful e-commerce functionality and a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. I bet pretty much any extension we could think of, they probably have. Like, do they have .ufo? Probably. If they don't, you have our permission to write in and complain. And they have 24-7 award-winning customer support. Aw, damn. So check out squarespace.com slash ohno, O-H-N-O, for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code ohno to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Do it! You know who should use Squarespace? I don't know. Maybe she does. Her website looks fine. But Deborah King, I'm just segueing. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So you want to know what happened next with Deborah King? Yes, now, I do. Now that we've received all this important knowledge mm -hmm. about our origins and our mission on Earth, now it's time for Deborah to express her mission on Earth, which is to activate our DNA. Okay. She turned to the audience and she said, okay, let's work with some of you. Uh, Is there any explanation about what activating your DNA means? Yeah, no, she never actually talked about the structure of the DNA itself or repairing okay. mutations. Nothing with that kind of mechanistic explanation to it. It's just, Got it. you know, just assumed in the room, you know, our DNA could be better. It mm -hmm. could be <laughs> like the starseed originators. Right. Yeah, we just, it's a higher level of DNA. Maybe it's adding a dimension to it. I don't know. You know, it's interesting, though. I wonder if she'd be against GMOs or not. Usually people in these circles don't like anyone tampering with DNA. Yeah, that's a good point, though. I feel like they're willing to do that sort of thing as long as it's coming from a spiritual source. Yes. You know, if the aliens are doing it or if the purple guided light is doing it, then, yeah, that's all great. You right. Because that's always going to be for the good that has a certain intelligence to it, whereas clumsy humans and their Frankensteining, you know, is always mm -hmm. going to be deleterious mm -hmm. and bad. Right. This is just kind of like the connotations of the word mutation in general. Everyone always just assumes that... Mutations can only be bad. Right. Okay. So she asked the audience, oh, who wants to come up and be activated? And I raised my hand excitedly <laughs> up in the second row, but another 150 people are raising their hands. Sure. So she picks some woman named Danielle. Ugh. Ugh. 
who comes up to the front. And so Deborah starts asking for her grad students to come out. She says, all right, let's get some grad oh. students. Yeah. So she, te- that? she teaches these healing methods. Okay. I'm listening. And she has some advanced level five teachers who have gone through her training. Oh, that sounds very advanced. Okay. I'm pulling up DebraKing.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I see. Apprentice with her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And clearly Mm -hmm. these people have been working with her in person. They know her. One of them is named Christy. Another one is Baker. He's this very tall guy. If I recall, there were three women and, and one man. My keyboardist friend, she starts playing the music. The first woman comes up there. She stands facing the audience. She's a brunette woman in kind of a soft seafoam green skirt. So these students surround her. And this is very much, it reminds me of uh, Bob Larson, the exorcist, where Deborah would say to the students like, wait, 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 don't block the camera. Don't block the cameras. Stand over here. And so (laughs) she'd constantly be offering little screen directions like, okay, move around right behind. Good. Okay, there. (laughs) Just to make sure there was a good image. So she's clearly playing this out from the viewpoint of the camera the whole time. And probably really enjoying being the professor in the room. Right, right. Always just these little instructions. Instructions and oh, make sure to get that area. What are you doing? Uh, so, quite immediately, Deborah starts singing at her, doing this song, and I'm gonna play it for you. Okay. Are they doing it too, or is it just her? Just her. Nobody okay. else sings. What are they learning to do in it's this? It's always school? Deborah. Oh no. <laughs> uh, not everyone's supposed to be a singer, are they? Oh, man. Ooh, so all of this rough. is... <laughs> so imagine Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> coming up alongside you. She's wearing all white, but she's wearing this very colorful draped uh, cloth on, on top of her. Just singing very loudly right in your face with utmost sincerity. <laughs> and just everybody in the room is transfixed. This is amazing. But also there's hand motions that go with this. Oh, that's important. Okay. So as Deborah King is singing, she and the students, they join in in this part. They've all got their hands outstretched. They'll kind of almost lock their arms and then palms are outstretched. Hands are straight and fanned with the fingers outstretched and they're rapidly vibrating thing jazz hands mm-hmm, essentially mm-hmm. and so they're waving their hands around certain parts of you because they're detecting certain chakra imbalances right wiggling rapidly wiggling right in front of danielle's crotch <laughs> okay <laughs> that's where it starts and she's saying oh yeah there's something in the way lisa you want to try oh that's right another one of them was lisa lisa you want to try this and so then lisa comes over and she very dramatically waves her hand in front of danielle's crotch what and the hell? Then, then the hand comes up and it waves in front of the chest for has a while. danielle expressed any concerns or like anything she wants treated no which is unusual other 
people that come up later, there's various conversations about, you know, okay. exactly what's happening. And she did briefly ask, like, is there anything in particular you want us to do? But then she just went straight for it, went huh. for the singing. Okay. <laughs> so she does that whole song and finally the crescendo fades back to just the keyboard music and everyone claps for the woman. She goes back down. There was another guy who came up, uh, Nicholas. She immediately felt a blockage in his second chakra and uh, she didn't sing for him. She was Hmm. saying, students, come help. And so they did all the hand-waving portion to give them energy. And yeah, sometimes they'll get into it so much that their whole body's shaking. So Baker Mm. might come up to him and kind of put his hands like one above his shoulder and one in front of his chest. And then Lisa's on the other side and she's doing the shaking hands like around his belly. And maybe another uh, student has her hands up in the air and they're shaking wildly. He didn't get the singing, but I guess Hmm. he got the healing that he needed. Everyone clapped for him and he went to sit back down. Was he like, ooh, I feel good or... Yeah, yeah, okay. he seemed to, yeah. Actually, he's one of the ones I found later. I ended up talking to three of the people huh. afterward. I just kept running into them in the hallway. And he said, because I asked him, how do you feel now? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, I just, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I always feel better in her presence. Aw. So he's oh, done so this he's before. A repeat customer. Yeah. yeah. And I actually got that sense from one other person that I talked to. So uh, she does have repeat customers. Then they call up another man from the back row. He, Says his name is LL. He's wearing shades indoors. So, um, cool. Deborah asked him to remove those. So, I'm getting all ready. I've got my video queued up. Ooh, ooh, I want to get this on video, her singing the song. Mm -hmm. And instead, she starts asking him, like, oh, is there a history of addiction here? Hmm. So, there's a little bit of a a reading happening as she's getting energies from the body. And he says, oh, yeah, I used to have pain in my neck and I took pharmaceuticals. And, yeah, I guess I was kind of addicted to those for a bit. Mm. She said, uh, well, shall I heal you of that? He said, sure, have a go. <laughs> and she wanted to clarify. She said, well, it takes an addict to no one. I spent many years in AA myself. Oh, wow. Okay. Good for her. So then she starts shaking her hands and waving around him and doing that same, you know, ah. So, so he was, I guess, healed or felt better, and uh, he went to sit down. So people just came up one after the other, and she would say things like, oh, don't block the thymus. Now, these students, did you say they had all graduated her program? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Because I looked on her website. There are five levels to her program. Right. And she did mention these were level five graduates. Oh, my God. Okay. So level one, $197. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Level two. $497. Oh, okay. A little bit of okay. exponential growth here. All right. Level three, you want to guess? Okay. At this rate, $1,000. Yep. 997 Level four, you want to guess? I'm going to say $2,500. $10,000. No. Oh, no. Level five? Oh, goodness. $50,000? 8500 Oh, weird. Okay. Weird. That chart zagged. Yep. There, a little bit. So you end up paying $20,191 if you do all five. And I used the oh. early bird amounts to yeah. figure this out, the cheapest version. Oh, my goodness. So those students there represented like $80,000 worth yeah. of income. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or more. I wonder if they have learned how to do the singing on their own. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. What do you learn if she just gets up there and does the singing 
herself you're and just there. Just waving your hands. You're there as an assist. Interesting. Uh, wow. Boy, oh boy. So yeah, each time she'd reach out to the audience and all eagerly we'd raise our hands. I always had that sort of hesitation of like, oh, should I be going up there now? Mm-hmm. Of course I should. And then I would raise my hand maybe <laughs> a second too late. She would sometimes look straight at me. I felt like I made eye contact with Deborah King, but then at one time she picked the woman right behind me. Oh, man. Another time she called up this lady who was wearing all white, like a very revealing lace outfit. And she had sort of a a white shawl on top of that, but it was all white on white. And she looked like she could be like an Instagram model or something like Uh that. I think I met this woman with you afterwards. Yes, you know who I'm talking about. tall, thin, pretty... Conventionally beautiful Mm -hmm. lady. Yeah. And this one was particularly awkward because they felt there was something around here, meaning her chest. (laughs) And everyone was doing the jazz hands around her. I don't think she got singing because they needed to work out some other stuff. And Deborah says, oh, for all of you characterology students out there. Oh. I don't know characterology. Yeah. What's that? Who knows? But she said, this woman is a rigid Oh, a rigid. And she says, you know, I I have elements of that too, uh, but usually they're very good looking. Oh, it looks like it's one of those things where you... It's a personality um, trait. Yeah, personality like based on how they look. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Modern phrenology. Right. Uh, Just based on visual observation. Definitely do go ahead and judge a book by its cover. Philosophy. So as they're doing the hand-waving thing, she motions to Baker, the one guy, and says, do you want to get in there? (laughs) Ross is hovering his hand over his own chest. And so sure enough, Baker maneuvers around and he waves his hand and just, you know, inches from her chest. Oh, weird. I was... It was awkward, to me at least. But we both talked to her afterward, and she seemed totally like, oh, that was great. I feel really good. So that's good. I didn't get anything deeper than that level from anyone I talked to. Mm -hmm. They would just say, oh, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing what she does. Okay. Uh, My favorite, and this one I caught on video, my favorite was this woman wearing red who came up, and she's... A follower of Deborah, she's been doing her meditations regularly. If you sign up on her website, you can get these videos that you follow along with. And she was already, uh, Deborah was saying like, oh, wow, these are high vibrations here. Wow, this is, you're already in a great space. Let's advance you to a higher frequency. Dope. So they're doing the hand waving around her and just like, you know, shaking with the energy of this. And, And she's singing at her. And the woman in red, she's just swaying back and forth and you know it looks like someone having a real religious experience Mm -hmm, undulating at this point deborah is usually she's faced directly into the person with her hands kind of on either side of them but she says you know what i can share this with the room and Mm. she turns towards all of us and she raises her hands up such that she forms that full rectangle Mm -hmm. of her Mm -hmm. shawl and she's got her hands stretched out in a t-pose at all of us she shakes her hands Eyes open. She looks at all of us with her glasses, singing. Ma- <laughs> Ross has his mouth open and eyes super, super wide, almost like a child who's like, I don't know, seen a dinosaur or something. <laughs> Oscillating like a fan. Yeah. And this was the moment where I couldn't help but start laughing. <laughs> it's just, it's just something about her sharing this with the audience and turning around and doing it. 
at us. With such uh, importance. <laughs> so I, I think as I was holding the camera, it was wiggling a little bit just from <laughs> me chuckling. Oh, it was so good. So person after person comes up and she keeps saying, all right, well, let's do one more and let's do one oh, more. Oh, gosh. No, and, thank you. Yeah, it's totally that thing. And she's doing more of those diagnosis things where, you know, she says, no, no, I'm set, sensing a blockage here. Did you have some history with this or that? And people are offering various pieces of info about their toxic mold they were exposed to. Or, you know, maybe she's detecting a lower back blockage. And so one of the students will always just very seriously go in and shake their hands around that part of the body. Mm-hmm. But no, no physical contact, except for at the end of each one, she says, okay, I think we're ready for a hug now. And so that person gets hugs from the the people on the stage and we clap for them. But yeah, this was just delightful. I was having so much fun watching the singing and the hand waving. The Frohickey guy, the Space Force guy, Mm -hmm. at this point, he was snoring behind me. I don't blame him. (laughs) I look back and uh, yeah, he's uh, pretty loudly uh, snoring. Another person has their eyes closed in rapture and just, the, you know, the audience was all into it in their various <laughs> different ways. Somebody from the conference came up and gave the five minute warning. So she did like two more of the one last person things, oh, man. but it was never me. I never got called up. <laughs> then there was kind of like a and a portion, but finally she had to draw this all to a close very reluctantly. And she had us all as an audience together sing Om three times so uh that was it everybody then uh got to leave and they pushed us out of the get out of there Uh, we got to clear the room for the next thing man it's already running late so uh yeah how long was that that was an hour and a half (laughs) that's a lot it was a lot that's a lot to absorb oh boy but it was delightful well good on her for being the representative of Orion's belt. Orion's belt for all Mm -hmm. of humanity. Yeah. That seems very important. She's sharing the song that she's been taught to sing. Yep. And she seems sincere to you. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to say she is. Yeah, one thing that we come across, it's very tough to figure out who's sincere, then of those who are sincere, who's dealing with like a a mental illness diagnosis or something, Mm -hmm. which I think that's less common than just like our society has a few shared delusions that we turn to. Right. One man's delusion is another man's just common religious belief. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like that's someone who was dealing with something very serious, but yeah, it can be really tough to figure that out and then like how to respond to it right and clearly she's had issues in her life that she's had yeah. to work through yeah yeah there, there's so many factors there and mm-hmm. you know we talk about interacting with people like linda moulton Howe and dylan from mm-hmm. the deep state mapping project that we talked about and that is something that runs through our heads all the time which is you know we don't know exactly where they're coming from mm-hmm. we don't know what their wiring is mm-hmm. we don't know how they've chosen to deal with the slings and arrows that life hurls at all of us. Yeah. But typically they do seem sincere. I think sometimes we do identify ones that we say, okay, this feels more cynical. This feels like someone just exploiting a business opportunity. Right. But it's always, it's that black box. We can't know Mm -hmm. from our perspective. We can only guess based on their actions, really. You know, you talk about separating the belief from the believer Mm -hmm. and that's, Sort of applies here in that, like, I like to think about 
the absurdities of humanity that we all share, that we all can turn to these explanations that don't make a lot of sense. Right. And maybe laugh at that proclivity in humanity. Right. Um, Without necessarily laughing at the, the person. It's just funny that we do this. We are a nutty little species. And I hope that comes across in our investigations that when we say that we really like Linda Moulton Howe and Deborah King, it's because we do. Yeah. And whatever the source of their particular contribution to conferences like these or just to human discourse, it's a fascinating part of just the range of human expression and Mm -hmm. religious and spiritual expression. Yeah. That's what our show's about, right? Is exploring all those things. And then also, you know, once you um, share those beliefs with other people and maybe are gaining followers and stuff, someone has to come along and analyze those claims. Right. (laughs) Someone's got to. Yeah. And, you know, we try to take people seriously and at their words and analyze those words. We've talked constantly about our personalities, that we are a certain type of person. Mm -hmm. And that's the, I think, consistency seeking person Mm -hmm. who really wants to say, oh, you just said this. Let me compare it against everything I've heard from elsewhere. Or from you in the last hour. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not our job to diagnose, and even if or we are ill-equipped for it. Oh, know. yeah, for sure. I'm always reminded of the uh, quote from Baruch Spinoza. He said, uh, I have made a ceaseless effort not to ridicule, not to bewail, not to scorn human actions, but to understand them. Mm. I mean, sometimes we do scorn human actions, like if you're, <laughs> if you're telling people not to get vaccinated or something. Mm. But again, that's because we've identified a certain thing that you've said or done and then compared it against something else that we know mm-hmm. pretty well mm-hmm. from other maybe more reliable sources. Uh, we'll turn to ridicule and scorn sometimes because we're humans with our own little faults. <laughs> right. Sometimes can be maybe we're just tired. It's been a long <laughs> day or we've heard something too many times. Or Anyway, hopefully that's some context, especially as we go to a conference like this one. Yeah. It's truly fascinating. We truly have a good time and enjoy it and appreciate the people even if we don't always agree with what they're presenting. And boy, is the human mind goofy town. And none of these things are immutable traits either, because we've all believed things that we didn't believe before. You and I in particular. Yes, right. Yeah. And that's kind of what led us into, well, the place where we met each other. Yeah. And we continue to be those types of people who would gladly be changed and and proven wrong. Y'all, when I was in 10th grade... I performed an exorcism on my friend Ryan. (laughs) Okay? Okay? I know what it is to believe something you later realize didn't have a lot of evidence behind it. It is awkward. I gave a presentation to my sixth grade class on various technologies that could be the mark of the beast. (laughs) And were they? So far, no. RFID chips seem to be on the up and Was up. that one of the ones you were worried yeah. about? Yeah. Oh, okay, You cool. know, that was brand new tech at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about... Uh, I, re- I repeated this false information that I had read somewhere that you can plant them in people, but you have to do it in their right hand. I don't know why it didn't occur to me that like, why wouldn't the left hand work equally <laughs> well? Or the forehead, which of course are the two locations that the Bible says mm. will be the location of the mark of the beast. One of my former boyfriends who was very religious, he was very worried about the chips they put in companion animals. Oh, yeah. I think that's also an RFID. Oh, okay. You know, you can read it externally from a near distance. 
You know, oh, it's, a, okay. it's a passive technology right, exactly. where it's you don't need to have like a battery hooked up to right. it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Ella's got one. Nice. Yeah. Got a little chip. As she should. As she should. She's right next to us and she's perfect. So yeah, we're all at different places in our own journeys and everybody we interact with is maybe we'll move towards them or maybe they'll move towards us or maybe we'll just uh, enjoy seeing each other as we pass by. Amen. What were you doing this whole time, Carrie? Well, um... <laughs> I told that story very quickly. <laughs> well, Ross, I was at this talk by the followers of Tatiana Mukushina, who is a Russian woman who is the representative of the Sirius Ascended Masters. Oh, this is very much related. Yes. She is here on this earth okay. right now. And we are so lucky because... We are also on this earth right now, and her representatives have come to this conference, and only 20 people have shown up for this talk, so Aww. these 20 attendees are getting the most important information in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm languishing talking to someone from Orion mm-hmm. while you're hanging out with someone from... I'm not hanging out with her, just her followers. Oh, well, gotcha. She oh. wasn't there. Okay. Yes. So the followers were... All very young people, probably all under 30. And in the very front, there were two women and they explained what I just told you, who who she is, and said, we're so lucky, we're so lucky, we're going to play a video of her messages, and oh, we are so lucky to hear them, we are so lucky to hear them. So I was kind of expecting it to be a personalized, like, this is for the Conscious Life Expo. And then they played it and it was like, very clearly the Scientology intro video, you know? Ah, yeah, huh. it's like a scenes of like hills and a close-up of a rose. And so, and then she'd be talking over it. And it was just like such ordinary spiritual stuff. Okay. You know, it was so, I couldn't even get a message out of it that I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, it's just like- Oh, goodness. Uh, all the ascended masters have something to tell us. There's something from Jesus. There's something from Buddha. There's something from the Maitreya and Archangel Michael and Confucius. Everyone has something to contribute. What are those and, things? <laughs> right. And then. Oh, wow. And that would take too long to say, you so, know. So and, a bunch of platitudes and generalities. Yeah. So then the woman in the front, the young woman, she had a printout in front of her of sort of, I, I imagine, points to hit with us, but she's kind of reading them in sort of a a voice that doesn't help me process or, mm. you know, she's just... Da, 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 a rote da, 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 recitation. Da, da. Yeah. She tells us that Tatiana received the mantle of the messenger, which is not an award, <laughs> but um, the masters knew that she was ready, that she was the next person in line to give their message i'm like okay what's what yeah, is what's it? the message we're ready <laughs> we're all ready we're here many people claim to be messengers and actually some people write to tatiana and say they are also messengers but they haven't gone through the appropriate tests whereas tatiana has and the tests of oh. course are administered by the ascended masters the ones we cannot see that she can yes okay and we've heard the term ascended masters especially when mm-hmm. we interacted with the Aetherius society and i guess that terminology kind of comes from theosophy tradition yes and they mentioned helen blavatsky oh, there who's, you go. yeah the founder of theosophy mm-hmm. did, so did you get the sense that they were sort of religious followers of a teacher yeah. okay mm-hmm. yeah for sure they're yeah. not learning like her methods or something they're just following 
Yeah, not that I. Uh, th- there was so little here that you would call like proprietary. And you how many? I mean? How many people in the room were them versus you in the audience? There were twenty of us or so in attendance, and there were like maybe four followers up front. Okay, including a guy who was sitting right next to me in the front row. And since I was taking notes, I was very clearly the most engaged audience member. Yeah. And so at the end, he said, "Well, here, would you like our notes?" And he gave me the oh. <laughs> the notes for the little oh, dog. That's nice yeah and he said thank you for taking notes i think he could see that just like most people were really bored yeah and i actually took five to one ratio too of like audience to presenter yeah so they kept playing us these different videos and at one point i took out my phone and i was like oh i'm just gonna get a snippet of this video on my phone right so i pull it out but my vantage point makes it such that in my viewfinder you can see that video, it's taking out maybe a fifth of my screen, uh-huh. but much bigger is this young woman just standing there awkwardly by oh, the TV. I, I know which one this is now. You sent this to me without any explanation, <laughs> except like this gives me so much joy. Because she looks at me, she's like looking at me and you could tell she's doing this calculus of like, I feel like I'm in her shot, but... She's not reacting as if I'm in her shot. <laughs> Should I be looking I, at? Is this going to be posted? So are people yeah, going to be looking at me? Is Should I be smiling I for the camera? Down? Should I look at her? Maybe I'll look up. I'll look Maybe at the I'll, ground now. You know what? I'm going to try to disappear <laughs> behind this sign. No, I can't do that. I'm leading this. <laughs> it's just it's so awkward. And Carrie was just delighting and her squirming on screen. It was so funny. And then finally, partway through, I like turned around and panned to the audience. And there is an actual man asleep. Oh, no. It's like people are so bored. Oh, like my Space oh, my Force God. friend, Fro Hickey. Yeah. Now, if I recall, she was wearing all white. Were, were they yes. all dressed like well, similarly? I think you are actually thinking of a different <laughs> I female am. teacher with women in all white. Okay. But coincidentally, yes, they did also wear all white. Interesting. Just okay. For other reasons. I think you're thinking of someone else. The one who has only female followers. Yes. Okay. Right. That's someone else. I'll tell you about her next time. And then we started watching like some interviews with Tatiana. Okay. Where she is being interviewed on like what looks like local cable access type tv Hmm. but like none of the answers are compelling in any particular way she's just like oh yes no i i wouldn't say this is the meaning of my life it's just that it's an important part of my life and it's it's a tool i am equipment for the masters like oh like so, okay. You know, I, I don't know. Just the whole time I was like, what is the juice that caught you guys, though? Like, right. what? It, there's got to be something. I here. know that feeling. Kind of like when we watched that Jungboob video. Okay. Th- th- with that guy speaking, where you just think, okay, well, this isn't compelling at all. But so, something got your attention. Exactly. Yeah. What is it that you did at some other point that got you followers? Yeah. Because this isn't it. This can't be it. So, yeah, just to give you an example of like a direct quote, she said, love has no limits, no boundaries, no countries. The masters appeal through me to every man on planet Earth. Okay. All right. That's just buttressing um, your own authority. Yeah. I looked her up at one point. I think she's in like her mid 50s. She looks like someone just, you know, from the office who's the friendly woman three cubicles over. I will say this. 
in the videos where I could actually see her face, she seemed delighted. It seemed like she was so glad she gets to do this stuff. And that's nice. Actually, she reminds me a lot of my AP English teacher from high school. Oh, okay. Wow. Who is also Russian. Oh, go figure. Maybe it's her. Hmm. Was it Mrs. Mikushina? No. Ah, oh, damn. Yeah, so, you know, here's another quote. Everything can only be judged after a certain amount of time, unquote. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. You got a you got a point True. there. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no, it's just not terribly huh. profound, is it? What was the bait? I don't know. Oh, okay. Here's one interesting thing that was at least specific. Okay. The twenty third of every month, you can work off the karma of the previous month and pray for another person to get their own karma advanced. Okay, so it's kind of like a Day of Atonement sort of thing. Mm -hmm. All right. So at least that's nice and specific. Yeah. 23rd. Got oh, it. Hey, yeah. Put that in the calendar. So, so they told us to go to www.sirius-eng.net to read her teachings. And they said, just read one every day. You'll watch your life change. Boy, you're so right about this. Like, yeah, I'm looking at images and one comes up with this quote. The ability to act and interact is a manifestation of the quality of love on the physical plane. Yeah, okay. Whatever anyone may tell me about his achievements or his ability to communicate with the masters, I see the level of achievement of a person reflected in his ability to act. And it goes on. But it's like, Ugh, oh, boy, this is, this is bad writing. I wonder, and I'm going to reveal my ignorance here because I genuinely don't know if this is the case, but I wonder if because of Russia's history, if maybe there's more of a shortage of these kinds of teachings mm. and we have such surplus. Because we've had centuries now of religious competition and right. a free marketplace, whereas for many years, they were uh, yeah. under the rule of communism and exactly. religion just was. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe it's, it's just part of it. It's easier to be a, a, essentially a smaller fish in that pond. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking, maybe. Well, so the last thing we're going to do is watch this very important video. Okay, so we turn on the video, and it's just like clip art. It's like, you know, we'll pan in on uh, the sun and then pan out, and oh, there's a fish. And we're just sort of being reminded like, the Earth has many beautiful things. Mm, true. You see Earth from space and... Lies. And the, <laughs> and the voice... Show me a real photo taken <laughs> from space. The voiceover says, to take this moment to send love to your native planet, think of the best moments in nature and send love to Mother Earth. So we all do that. That sounds fine. nice. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I mean, it's like Subway. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not sorry it's there. Sometimes it's the best thing going. Um, but yeah. it's no Togos. It's no Togos. It's no so <gasps> Have you eaten, sorry, <laughs> have you eaten at Ike's Sandwich Shop? I don't think so. We should go there sometime. They have okay. great vegan sandwiches. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Carry on. Um, Ross on. So, yeah, this is when the guy next to me was like, you know, you should have these notes. Thank you so much for taking notes, which is really sweet. Uh -huh. So they said, oh, everyone, like, take a magazine. And they handed out, I don't know if I even kept mine, but handed out some magazines with her on the cover, which, you know, no one's going to read probably. Um, oh, here it is. Awareness magazine. Oh, I remember that's their... Her. Okay. Yep. That's one of the pictures I saw. She's got her 
hair pulled back. It's long brown hair that cascades down from the hairband, and she's got white earrings and friendly smile. Yeah, yeah. very nice. So they gave those out, and Wearing then a pearl necklace. I knew that I was going to the next event in this room. So so all the attendees start clearing out, and now it's just me and the organizers. So they very awkwardly were just sort of huddled around. They're like, "Do you think that went okay? Yeah, I think we're okay. You know, oh, wow. yeah." And you yeah. could tell they weren't. I don't know. They weren't that proud. And then they had to take everything down really quickly. They usher out, and this AV guy comes in. So I was in there being a freaking weirdo. I was like doing my yoga poses because I'd been sitting for so long. So <laughs> this guy walks into this room with this single person doing yoga. I'm sure thought uh, I'm in the right place. I, I said like, hey, so do you work for the venue or do you work for the uh, conference itself? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm an independent contractor. And I was like, okay, yeah, but like for Conscious Life Expo or for the building or he was like, you know, I, I work for myself, something like that. This uh, very polite version. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well. Okay. <laughs> Carrie's not satisfied. <laughs> I said, well, you guys are being very respectful about hearing. And then I couldn't think of how to say it. And I said, a lot of nonsense. Oh. And he, he laughed and he said, hey. I'm not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's all true. So uh, I think the AV moments. I I I picture now the AV guys all sitting in the back listening to all this, having the same reactions we are, being like, "This is amazing." (laughs) I'm so glad we're here. I can't wait to tell people about the gig I had today. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Oh boy, on this magazine you handed me the awareness magazine. It says, after her name, my greatest discovery. The divine world is right where I am and where each of us are. Oh my gosh. You know what? My greatest discovery is watching The Wizard of Oz for the first time when I was six when I learned the same lesson. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I wonder if that moment kind of stuck in the minds of the followers, just having that kind of meager interaction. Yeah. if, If it had all made them... You know, because you always hear people mm-hmm. saying, oh, you know, there was this, you know, one time or the one thing that person said or mm-hmm. the the coincidence that happened. It's just these little things can kind of plant a seed and then play out later. I wonder if that discomfort that you saw, that sense of like, uh, how do you think it went? Did it go? Yeah. Okay? I wonder if that will just. Why wasn't this appealing to them the way it was to me? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wonder if that'll be an important part of anybody's story in the future. Megan Phelps Roper, who was yeah. in the Westboro Baptist Church because she's in that family and got out and wrote an amazing memoir. She also gave a TED Talk. And in her TED Talk, she talks about a moment like that for her mm. where she was a little girl. And while she was, uh, Megan was holding her sign. The woman came up and kneeled down and said something like, one day you will have the choice to leave this. Whoa. Yeah, that that like actually stuck in her brain. Like at the time, of course, it was like, why would I though? That's okay. What a weird thing to say. But it like stuck with her that like, oh, a moment like this is when I get to choose. That is a very potent thing to say. That feels like just really smartly designed to sit there in bed under the skin like a tattoo and totally stay with you. Wow. Yeah. I'm probably not saying the sentence exactly right, but it was that sentiment. Well, hey, it's haunting me now. Yeah. And then Megan describes at the end of it, like seeing a little 
kid, I think maybe like at an anti-abortion event or something and leaning down to him and saying, well, like one day you get to choose to leave this if you want to. Yeah. As, as long as that's said in the right, you know, kind of compassionate, loving, mm-hmm. understanding yeah. tone. But mm-hmm. wow, just even if it's uh, uh, not an exact quote, that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like it. Yeah, it's nice because it also leaves room for her agency. It's like you yes. get to if you want to. You yeah. don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not telling you that's the right thing to do, but you could. Masterfully done. Yeah. Well. Well, heavy episode. That was exciting. A lot of stuff. This is, uh, well, it's kind of related. I, I wanted to share a little story uh, this week that happened to me, and I just lost my, my aunt, mm. my Aunt Caroline. She had been in the hospital for a heart failure. She had had a heart attack. And she was just about to come back that day. And we'd all been kind of waiting to see her. They'd been trying to keep visitors away. Anyways, she died quickly. And, you know, we were mourning that. One of my relatives contacted me and he said, well, this is a really good example of how conspiracy theories can kill you. I said, whoa, wait, what? How is that related? So this is my aunt, who's the mother of the cousin that I regularly refer to as being a flat earther, Mm -hmm. believing vaccines are dangerous, condoms can't prevent disease, you know, Mm -hmm. many, many ideas that she's kind of championed for a long time. And I knew that she had kind of gotten my aunt into having meetings with her Bible study group and talking about the Illuminati and all kinds of bizarre things like that. But I didn't realize this, uh, my relative told me, and that was that she had been led to believe that the medical establishment is purposefully targeting older people and trying to shorten their lifespan. Oh, my God. And as a result, she stopped taking her prescribed heart medication. Oh, no. Thinking that it was, you know. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't aware of this, but it was heart failure that led to her condition and her eventual demise. So- you know, just as a reminder that these things do have consequences, these beliefs when they when they kind of play out in the real world. So sorry. Uh, thanks. Anyways, I, I just wanted to share that because it was related to our podcast. And yeah. It was sad because, you know, she's a, a sweet, very loving woman, definitely the closest of my aunts slash uncle. Mm. I'm not exactly sure what the takeaway there is other than to Love those around you and encourage them to to do what's best for them. And don't be afraid to talk to people about these things. Yeah. Yeah. That's the message. Don't yell at them and tell them they're dumb. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It can can backfire. Yeah. Do so gently. Yeah. Uh, Only within their comfort level and and make sure that they know that it's coming from a place of love and respect, unconditional love that will continue even if they completely ignore you. Yeah. My uh, best advice for those things is don't try to change too many things at once. Yeah. Pick one thing. If it's that your parent needs to take her medicine, you can still acknowledge like, yes, sometimes there are bad doctors. That's right. And Mm -hmm. yes, I see that it's important to you to feel that you are a a critical thinker who doesn't want to be manipulated by anyone. I see that in you. Yep. that's, Mm -hmm. That's all true. I just think this particular instance, this isn't an example of it and- yeah. You know, don't try to dig so deep that you're asking them to change their whole paradigm. It's especially that doesn't happen all at once. Right, right. And it never happens in the span of one conversation. Yeah. So you you got to play the long game and uh, play the loving game. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So make love to your aunt, do it for a long time. I'm Ross Botcher. Hmm. Hmm. No. I thought I summarized it right. <laughs> I don't know about your ability to do exact quotations <laughs> in this particular episode. <laughs> 
Well, that's it for our show. <laughs> our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Thank you, hero Victor Figueroa. <laughs> you can support us at MaximumFun.org slash donate. And you can follow us on social media. You can go to Twitter and find us at Ono Podcast or Facebook at Facebook.com slash OnRack. What a great idea. Thank you. You can also really support us by leaving a positive review. Uh, So if you haven't gone on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever it is you get this podcast, just leave, you know, maybe just a five-star review. We love five-star reviews. Oh, they're so good. Or write some way that the podcast is made your day happier or helped you have a conversation with a loved one or made you laugh on the subway and everybody looked at you like you were an idiot. (laughs) I like those emails. We love those. And remember... James and together we are the self-proclaimed wonder twins of podcasting and host Minority Corner. We tackle subjects like LGBTQ topics, pop culture, and untold histories of American POCs like the true story of escaped slave turned pirate turned Navy man in the Civil War turned congressman Robert Smalls. Plus current events from our perspective. Deep dive movie and TV reviews. You'll also get awesome book recommendations from their neighborhood friendly librarian. Don't forget my award winning Jennifer Hudson impressions and I'm telling you while never taking ourselves too seriously Minority Corner because together we're the majority every Friday here on Maximum Fun MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported